It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We like to call it a freak flag. Feel good. Fake it till you make it. Ric Flair. Woo! Oh, yeah. Football 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Apparently, there is football this weekend. We'll get into that coming up a little bit later on. Also, uh, the NFL. Not a fan of the uh, the tush push. We'll uh, define that for you and also break it down for you. Also, uh, getting to uh, Eric Bieniemy. Looks like Eric Bieniemy is trying to get himself out of the friend zone. We'll talk about that coming up as well. And can a photo can a photo decrease your NFL draft stock? We'll talk about that coming up uh, a little bit later on the show. NBA All-Star Weekend. So we'll have an NBA All-Star Weekend preview coming up in the 4 o'clock. XFL this weekend. So we'll give an XFL preview as well. We got all that and more before we do. Well, actually, the crew. It's just down to me and the Idealionaire, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We do know that he's underpaid. He is the Patrick Davis. What's going on, Patrick? How you doing, brother? Doing good, doing good, man. It's Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. Uh, man, you can't, you know, on a Friday, you got to be in a good mood on a Friday. Even if you got to work on the weekends, which, some, Patrick, you probably, do you got to work? I mean, I got a basketball game tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. So there's worse work got, than yeah. sitting courtside to watch, you know, the UT basketball team. I know. But there's, there's, worse, there's worse things in life. That is, that's a good point. Uh, but it's still technically worth it. It does. You. I do got to get there early. I yeah, got yeah. things set up. There could be stress. Yes. I got down pretty good. This is my fifth or sixth year doing it, something like that. So I'm getting it down pretty good now. But Yeah, yeah no doubt, no doubt. But, uh, yes, so for those who still have to work, we hope you're in a good mood on a Friday. You can be a part of the show. You're the heartbeat of this thing. Hit us up on the Specs text line. It is 
888-346-3776. Uh, my man Harge, he is down in Arlington with Flow Baseball. He's going to join us for Harge Knock Life, uh, but he is uh, helping out doing some of the, uh, the broadcast work for the weekend's games, and he's going to join us to talk about Texas baseball um, because uh, for Flow Baseball, he's going to be helping them out um, with their broadcast stuff. So we'll talk about that, and Harge Knock Life, he will join us at 4.30 for that. But Specs text line, like I said, 512-337-3776. You can hit us up on the uh, hit me via Twitter as well. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. My man Patrick at It's Patrick Davis. You can cyber stalk Harge at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Uh, all right, so we got a, a lot of different things we're going to get into. There will be some Texas baseball discussion. That's why Harge is coming on at 4.30. We got NBA All-Star Weekend coming up, so we're going to preview All-Star Weekend a little bit coming up in the top of the four. Uh, the XFL. Well, I'll discuss what I'm looking forward to, I'm, uh, you know, it, it, as a part of the XFL. There's there's one element to the XFL that I actually am looking forward to. Uh, it's kind of a macro kind of conversation um, about the XFL. It's something that they did that was really smart prior to their season starting, which is this weekend. So we'll get into that coming up a little bit later on. Uh, also, Texas basketball. They got a big matchup this weekend. You heard my man Patrick just talk about it. He'll have a front row seat. Uh, they'll be taking on Oklahoma, taking on a rival. It is a big game for Texas because they haven't had back-to-back losses uh, you know, this season, and this is a team that is trying to uh, bounce back from that uh, disappointing loss they had versus Texas Tech. So we'll talk about that coming up in the 6 o'clock a little bit. So got a lot of moving parts on the show today. Let's start with the tush push. So, And I told you guys a couple of days ago, I said, hey, man, the NFL, there's a lot of conversations that they want to ban the tush push. The tush push is essentially the version of the quarterback sneak that the Philadelphia Eagles have popularized. They want to eliminate it. Um, Remember, prior to 2005 in the NFL, 2013, I believe in college football, you could, uh, the rules about pushing and pulling a a ball carrier, a, a runner, were different. And I believe then you could push a ball carrier uh, that time you were, yeah, you couldn't, I should say, you couldn't do that, but now you can. Now you can push a ball, you cannot pull a ball carrier, but you can push one. That was the rule that was changed in the NFL in 2005, allowing the pushing of ball carriers, but banning the pulling of them. They thought pulling was more dangerous than pushing, whatever. For the most part, the NFL coaches ignored this rule and figured, ah, you know what. No pulling or pushing. We're just not going to. That's not how we're going to gain an advantage. Give the Eagles a lot of credit. They saw, you know, some of the the the, spe, the, the specific, you know, skill sets of a quarterback, Jalen Hurts, meaning he was a power lifter back in the day, also an, a, a dual threat quarterback. And they figured, hey, you know what? We got a Hall of Fame center and our quarterback has really strong legs. We could just and we could add two to three players behind him grabbing one butt cheek each and just steam a full steam ahead. And we really hadn't seen it because the NFL had banned it for a while. But I mean, you're talking about, you know, nearly 20 years of this potentially being an advantage and nobody's really taken advantage of it except the Eagles this season. And it led to them having, I mean, I think they converted 36 of 40, 
quarterback sneaks this year. I mean, really, there's no way to stop it. They get sometimes they get like two, three yards on the damn thing, and when they try to just get one, it, re, it with a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, and then the Hall of Fame center in front of him too. If it wasn't a Hall of Fame center, I don't think I don't think they would have such a unique advantage. But because the Hall of Fame center and you got Jalen Hurts, a power lifter who is also playing quarterback, that doesn't happen all the time. And then you add, oh, you know what? Their little unique conceptual schematic advantage was now we're going to the players behind them we're going to ask them just grab a butt cheek man and we're just going to go and they're going to push ahead we'll have the center with O-line in front of them we'll have two guys pushing behind him and then he's still got enough power and there you go and it's it really was one of their main advantages this season now the NFL and the competition committee they're expected to take a hard look at the tush push um, Hurts t- 10 rushing first downs in the Super Bowl and six of them were quarterback sneaks. It became like a big story because people had been watching, people who didn't watch football, like, man, that's, that's weird. That's, that's going on. That's, 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 that's a weird little thing we've never seen before. Been happening all season for the Philadelphia Eagles. But, and we talked about it even on this show. So now they're saying potentially, and this is Dean Blandino who now works with, he's a rules, rules analyst for Fox Sports, but remember he used to be an NFL official. Now he's the one of the, uh, I believe one of the, innovation and officiating like uh, execs or administrators over with the XFL too. Man's got a lot of different jobs. And he said um, that he was talking to Sean Payton who just got the job at the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton said, oh man, um, that, <laughs> that we're going to do this every time next season if they don't take it out. NFL is a copycat league. Hell, it's aggressive mimicking at this point. They're gonna, every team's going to try to do it. So he's already saying he's going to try to do it, and I guarantee there will be some other teams saying, oh, you know what, that's what we're going to do too. Now, does the NFL view this as positive or negative? That's the question. Dean, Dean Blandino thinks the NFL is going to ban it. He says it amounts to a rugby scrum. The NFL wants to showcase the athleticism and the skill of our athletes. This is just not a skillful play. This is just a tactic that is not aesthetically pleasing and I think the competition committee is going to look at it. Um, he also says, if you remember on field goals and extra points, they used to be able to push the defensive lineman into the formation, and you would find the weak link on the offensive line, and then you would have their legs interlocked, and you would get the two and sometimes three defensive linemen and two linebackers all pushing into that player, and they got rid of that. So he's saying, Patrick, basically that they've already banned a a, a, a certain concept that is, from, that is very similar to the Tush Push and the competition committee basically has, now they got three options. They can either ban it all together, they can say it's banned on quarterback sneaks, specifically. Just can't yeah. do it on that play, all right, which is basically the same thing as banning it. Or they can decide, you know what, we're just going to leave it alone. We'll just we'll we'll let it lie for now, and then we'll see if it catches on. If it becomes a problem, then we'll address it. But for now, it's only really one team that's doing it. But Sean Payton's already said I'm doing it, and he won't be the only one. There are a lot of people. I've, I, I even hypothesized years ago they would have a specific position just built for this, like a Tim Tebow was gonna just he was yeah. gonna basically his career would deteriorate to being a short yardage weapon, a two-point conversion weapon, and he would just be doing this yeah, every remember, damn time. Uh, it was, I mean, <laughs> there was the, the 18-wheeler package 
for yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah. There was the belldozer in Oklahoma. Yeah, swoops, there it is. Yeah, there was. I mean, like this is done in college enough where yeah. it's like, hey, we have a guy that's specifically for it. I'm surprised they don't have more running backs that have a little bit of an arm where you're like, let's run this play 20 times. On play 21, we throw it over the top, and they do not have anyone lined up there. That's fair. And it's an, and it's an automatic touchdown. Yeah, the Eagles should have done it. Yeah, I don't know why they Because the whole point of it being it. more dangerous as a quarterback sneak is that you have your quarterback and you can jump back and throw the ball. That's the whole reason it's more dangerous as a quarterback sneak because you can line up a running back under center and do it. Yeah. And no. line, up, or line up a fullback or line you up really whoever. Could. And I don't know why no more people don't do that because you're like, well, yeah, you can do that. And then they're more likely to not expect and just line up all like, hey, man, put a substitute right before it so they can sub in all their linebackers and defensive ends, like maybe have one safety on the field. And basically then you step back and throw the ball. I don't know why the Eagles didn't do that in the Super Bowl. That seems like the time to do it. It did. They, they, maybe, that, maybe, that last drive, maybe that last drive was supposed to be the one that one they never got. Maybe, yeah, he had he <laughs> saved it. He right, he right, that's probably why he's like tormented now. I should have I should have saved it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that to me is like if they don't outlaw it, then you have to then other teams go, Well, if I want it outlawed, then I have to do it. I know. And then the more of us who do it, then they'll be like, all right, now there's a problem because people just keep lining up in this way. Frank Reich did it for a while. He did it with J- uh, Jacoby Brissett yeah. for a few years, and I thought he was going to do it with Sam Ellinger when they drafted him, and they never got around to it, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I see disaster. eventually they'll come out and go, we don't like – we don't like the head-to-head collision because now you can say that as a as a co- like oh, yeah. to automatically stop it. Player safety, your, your player safety. But like normally you're like player safety. This just seems like it's someone's going to get hurt. But if you go, well, yeah, but they're all hitting their heads in the middle. That's probably not a play we want to have. You can get away with it. But I mean, they don't want punts either. And if this means, hey, we're not punting the ball. That's true, man. I, it's I you I do don't have as much of a problem. Alive. I just think other teams need to adopt it, and then you can then it's not so much a one-sided advantage. If you have, I mean, and most of these teams are like, just get a, you know, a fullback running back that is a lifter and has enough of an arm, enough of arm arrangement motion that he could technically be a throwing threat. Yeah. I mean, we saw San Francisco has Christian McCaffrey who almost had to come in and play quarterback. So you go, okay, that's Christian McCaffrey's a guy that we're going to stick in there and then we're going to stick our fullback and Debo Samuel behind him and they're going to push him up the middle. Yeah, no, it, it, I'm with you. I don't. I think it is going to catch on. Actually, I mean, Sean Payton's already telling you is he's going to do it. It's going to catch on. I, I wonder if it'll become so spe- so specific as to what you know I talked about with a Tim Tebow or a Sam Ellinger or you know what Frank Reich did, and teams will decide. No, no, no. Actually, we like it so much that. In those short yardage situations, we're going to just bring in a running back that can, you know, be basically be the wildcat back in that situation, yeah. and then we're going to use the same tactic of the tush push. Um, but you know, if they deem player safety, all they got to do is use player safety, and uh, they can pretty much do. I mean, you can they even to. you can even take it as, hey man, we're going to line up with our quarterback, and then shift to have and just he's never going to line up under center, and then we'll just have the center the the tight end come under center. And have the quarterback run out, and then if they don't guard the quarterback, you can throw to the quarterback, or you can just have push the tight end up the middle. Which has happened. Actually, remember Sark has a play where he snuck Kate Brewer a couple of times. Yeah. Remember like that? You saw that play? Yeah, and that's what it's, it happens way more in college football. Yeah. They just don't push as much, but they use more of those sneaks and different people in it. Yeah. And they put different people in to do that. 
Uh, yeah, that that seems like what it's going to be if they don't ban it, and maybe that's why more teams want to ban it because they're like, look, this is about to be out of control. And the NFL doesn't want that. They want to score points and they want to keep drives alive, but they don't want to do it by reverting back to old rugby football. Well, and, and they, what they really don't want is teams doing that on third and fourth down. Oh yeah. So no, they don't want it, it to be like, hey man, it's uh, first down, four yard gain; second down, three yard gain; third down push up the middle, fourth down, push up the middle. All right, first down, four-yard game. Yeah. Like, because that's not fun to watch either. So you wanted to take shots for three downs, and I think they they could be worried that, hey, man, people, if they're within three yards, are just going to do this twice they wanna, and think they're they, always going to get three yards. The they NFL will. wants them to throw the football. So that's why I could see them doing it, but it is – it's to me. It's a little. It's a little, a little unfair for the competition committee to step in and decide to rule it out just because a team like Philadelphia found a loophole in your rules, your rule book, and it's not really even a loophole. You decided that this was fair play, and now the Eagles have basically found a way to weaponize it, and you want to take it away from them because other teams are complaining that yeah. they can't stop it. No, I mean it's something that they can't stop. And it, remi- it kind of reminds me of the the sugar huddle for those don't know the, the story of the sugar huddle for Sam Weish who is passed away I believe uh, Sam Weish when he was the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals the NFL had a very similar complaint about the sugar huddle which ended up becoming the no huddle offense Marv Levy this is actually a true story um, when <laughs> he was playing uh, the, the Bills they were playing the Bengals in the AFC title game I believe this is the 1988 season um, and he's complaining to the Toledo Blade, I believe, four days before the game. And he says, when you break the huddle, and I know he's not huddling, so maybe it's hazy, they are, they are not to come out with 12 to 13 players on the field. Uh, Levy thought the Bengals basically were cheating and skirting the rules, which, I mean, they it, wasn't, you know, it, was, a, it was not something that the NFL had banned. It was within the rules at the time. And uh, two hours before the AFC title game, he complained so much the NFL office, the league office, called the Bengals and told them that if they went no huddle, they would penalize them 15 yards every time. That's a true story. Um, Sam Weiss told Sports Illustrated later after the game, the heck with them. We played by their rules and we beat them anyway. Uh, end up beating them 21-10. The Shakespearean irony of the whole damn thing is <laughs> that <laughs> uh, Marv Levy ended up adopting the no-huddle offense and turning it into the K-gun and went to four straight Super Bowls by running the same damn offense and deciding, you know what, if you can't beat them, join them. It was the West Coast offense on cocaine because <laughs> Sam Weiss cause was a West Coast guy. And it turns out later they found out that um, it actually was Paul Brown, the Bengals owner at the time, who threatened the he basically threatened to expose the NFL. Here's the story. I know it's crazy. He said his quote, um, I immediately told the NFL delegate along um, with the referee who was in the office there with me. Uh, this is this is now Bengals owner Mike Brown. I said, go get Pete Rozelle on the phone right now because I want to tell him that he's interfering with the competitive balance of this game. And if we get penalized and lose this ball game, the first thing I'm bringing up in the press conference is is this conversation. And there are a lot of gamblers out there who aren't going to be very happy. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's crazy. So, so the NFL has stepped in to try to know, to to adjust competitive balance before, but 
I don't know. I I I think they could do it because they got player safety now on their side. But the truth is, it'd be the same thing they were basically kind of doing with the the sugar huddle. They decided a lot of teams just didn't like it because they weren't ready for it and they complained about it a ton. Yeah. And you know they they and obviously now it's commonplace, but at the time it was something that was kind of groundbreaking. And the same thing with what the Eagles are doing. It really was a huge advantage for them. It was first downs. Well, yeah, I mean that keeps drives. No, and I mean I think too old school old school defensive people are pretty pissed off at how much people are going for it on fourth down in general, because the fourth down conversion rates are way higher than anybody thought they would ever be. That's true. If if you would if someone were to be playing like that, so if you're saying, hey man, we're already not thrilled that they're going for it on fourth down so much as defensive coaches, and then you throw in the fact that they have a cheat code to keep getting it on fourth and short every time. So we have to now play four downs of football. And on the first three, we have to keep them, but like further than two yards away. So we have to stop. We have to basically in three downs keep them to six to seven yards. Yeah, that's just really, really hard to do. And I, I can get why you can be frustrated, but you're like, well, then you have to be better. That's, this is how football works. And exactly, because do you know what the actual conversion rate of quarterback rushes in short yardage, one to three yards, since 2015? Seventy-eight percent. So even quarterbacks doing quarterback sneaks the old-fashioned way, they were still converting 78% of the time. I'm talking about just the old-fashioned. Hell, yeah. Tom, Brady, Tom Brady famously was at a ridiculously high rate because he, he's, he's like the goat of quarterback sneaks too. Um, he was just really, really good at it. And I just think that some quarterbacks are good at it, and it's a really high conversion. It's probably the most successful conversion um, tactic for short yardage in the history of football anyway, they just supercharged it. Well, yeah, and that's the Eagles part is different of— And you, it was unique to Jalen Hurts and J- Jason Kelsey. You normally wouldn't do it over a yard. Yeah. Like, if you were inside of a yard, you would do that quarterback sneak, but outside of it, you would never try it because you were you're like, all right, we're going to get a yard at most. And they're doing it from a yard and a half, two yards, <laughs> two yards back. <laughs> and so that's why it's a big difference because now it's not like, hey, man, we held them to third and inches and then they're going for it on fourth. We get that. Yeah. We held them to third and – it's third and two. Third and two. And they're like, all right, quarterback's in time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or fourth and two. And they're like, they're going for it. That's yeah. crazy. It is. No, it is. It's uh, it, it, Like I said, I, I hope they don't – I hope they just let it, see, let, let it lay for one more season and see if it catches on. And, and other teams other than Sean Payton start doing and it becomes a problem. If it becomes a problem for the entertainment value of the game, I totally get it. Then just you know ban it and then move on, and teams will move on too. It's not going to hurt the game at all. But I just think it's really cool. They found a loophole. I think it's cool when coaches find loopholes. I, I will they say give a them texter, a lot of credit for studying stuff. A texter brought up a good point, though, that is the second push. And it's not so much that it's even the second push, but there is difficulty spotting the ball on those when it's a scrum and you don't see where the person is and everything gets moved. And then you go, well, that is – forward progress so the guy only really has to get there for a second and then gets shoved back but if it's true if you get a second push hey so they may have to clarify the rules to the officials of when do you stop it and how long do you let the play go on those i think that could be your your change like hey man when you do this you only have x amount of seconds to do it like once you hit that scrum we're going to blow the whistles pretty quick so we're not going to let you keep pushing and keep pushing yeah i guess so. i you think that's that. a more fair instead it's- of just disallowing it at all be like, no, then, you get one push, but we're not giving you three pushes on it. But then they'll then, just, the, the, then they'll just start grabbing a butt cheek earlier. Oh yeah, no, I agree. It's be just one initial no, no, push. I, I agree, butt, but if you want yeah. to talk about player safety and all yeah. that stuff, that will probably happen four seconds in, five seconds, yeah, as, as opposed right. to 
in the very beginning when you're trying to make that last push and someone's legs caught underneath it. No, you're right. And they were asking uh, Dean Blandino why they initially uh, banned it in the first place. He said because refs weren't calling it. They just they didn't call it. Yeah, well, they so, so they weren't enforcing it anyway, and now you're going to change the rule, and and now I guess you're going to ask them to enforce it. But you know, I mean, it's to me, it, it, it I don't know until it becomes a problem. It's not a problem. No, I mean, it's not there's, a problem. Before it's this, there was one play I remember that that was a big problem, and it was because it was USC Notre Dame, and it was the Bush push. The Bush push, yeah. And that's exactly. like, one but that's time. that's the one that you can that's think of <laughs> of on. all the times where people are really mad about it. It's the Bush push. And other than that, but the NFL, what they do know, and this is what they're scared of. They know it's a copycat league. Yeah, it, it, aggressive mimicry. So they know it's a copycat. So they know teams are going to do it. And you already have Sean Payton on record saying but, that he's going to do again, it. But again, yeah. if you're the NFL and you want higher scoring games and less punts, that's it. Then I don't know why you're mad about this. It's great. <laughs> That yeah. seems like you, you know, should be on board fully for this. I'll tell you, my, my wife had an interesting theory because she works in marketing. And I was talking to her about this because I was just trying to come up with takes and it's good to yeah. bounce ideas yeah. off. And she's like, oh, yeah, they want the commercial breaks, though. I didn't think about yeah. it. I'm not a, I'm not a marketing man. And she's like, oh, yeah, they need the commercial breaks. Yeah. She places ads. Oh, it was funny. We and had I was that. like. Oh, that's a great. She was like, so they can't, they can't have too much of this conversion. It's like, no, they got it because then they can't predict the commercial breaks. They become unpredictable. Usually, they can predict it. Like, all right, yeah, all right, guys, we're getting good. It's third and uh, third and eight there. Out third nine. They can predict them. They it, it makes them really tough to predict, and it's hard to place them all. I never thought about that. And I was like, no, damn, that's it, a good point. A, uh, TV wise, yeah, TV wise. I'm not yeah, I, I know we had a funny one at the basketball game on Saturday that. Because Tech's winning by so much, they hadn't gone to the extra timeout that you get for another commercial break. And at the end of the game, Rodney Carey calls the timeout just to get the substitutions in. He yeah. wanted to get in yeah. the, the walk-ons, right? Yeah. Or not, they're not even walking, but they get just, in the last yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah. They clear the bench. And so he just does it. But normally when you do that, you just go roll the clock. Like, we're not, we don't need a timeout. I'm just stopping gameplay to get a substitution Of in. course. And so he does it. And then they're like, okay. And then one of the refs like, no. TV wants this timeout, so we are taking a timeout here. <laughs> exactly. So it was a yeah. weird thing with like a minute left in a blowout that they had to call a timeout because TV was like, no, 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 this is on ESPN. We're yeah. putting it on the timeout. we got some spots here that need to be played. They've paid big money. Yeah. No, I've been on the football field as a player. It's like, no, 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 hold up, son. We got TV timeout here. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, who, the player, who took the timeout? No, no, TV took a damn timeout. You're looking for that guy in the big orange glove <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, I never thought about it, but that is a reality. Uh, all right, I want, we wanted to get to the uh, the Eric B. Enemy story, so we got time to do that. Matter of fact, next segment, we want to talk. To, I want to talk about this Eric B. Enemy uh, story because I think it's pretty big. The, all the reports are that his time at Kansas City is nearing, is nearing its end, is that he's going to take that Washington job. He basically interviewed yesterday, and the interview went so well that they're interviewing again today and working out particulars, details about him becoming the next OC with the Washington Commanders. This is an interesting story, so I want to get into it a little bit. We'll talk about it. I mean, it's it's been a long time. He still can't get a head coaching job. This is just him taking a – it's not even a sideways step. It's a backward step. It's a backward step. He's got to take a backward step. And sometimes, you know, you got to have, the I guess, the minor setback for the major comeback. That's what – exactly he's hoping happens with the Washington Commanders. So we'll get into that. Uh, There's some Cowboys news, notes, and nuggets we also have to address. Uh, We're going to have all-star preview and uh, XFL preview coming up in the 4 o'clock. All that more right here on Ball Don't Laugh. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday. We play jams from uh, very talented human beings uh, that you have a chance to listen to live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Madam Radar. They're playing tonight over at Saxon Pub. Oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, I like this. Yeah, they're really talented. Nice jam. Uh, Jace and Kelly are a married couple. Jace is singing right there. Kelly plays guitar. She's the main guitar player. Uh, Violet. Cody, good, good band there. Man, man, five one two Friday, man. Always uh, broadening our horizons about how much uh, talent is actually here in the ATX. Uh, it's a blessing for all of us. So, uh, my man Patrick always gets those posted. If you miss any of those suggestions or selections, go to hornfm.com. Okay, so the other big story in the NFL is that Ian Rappaport is reporting. That always feels weird when I have to say that. Ian Rappaport reports um, that. Washington and Eric Bieniemy are working towards a deal. Essentially, right now they're working out particulars, coaching staff, salary, that kind of stuff. And and I've I've been I've been saying this for a while. He would be the new play caller in the OC there if that's the case. He's at this time I think what fifty three years old. And every every guy out there listening. Can relate to this. I don't know if ladies can relate to this as much, but maybe they can. So I'm not saying they can't. Every man wants to avoid the friend zone when they were single. Or if you're still single. Patrick is single. He's tried to avoid the friend zone his entire life. Now, sometimes you can't avoid it. You end up in the friend zone. And and the friend zone is different. Like, and when you get older, you have, obviously, female friends. But if you're trying to be romantic with someone and they place you in the friend zone, it's the worst possible thing that can happen. Yeah, if you're let's let's phrase it because I do have many female friends that you're like, yeah, but because you not, get older. No, no, it's when you're with somebody and you're like, I'm only hanging out with you because I wanted I, to be with you. I wanted to date you, and you think I just want to be friends. Yeah, but That's, I don't. Yes. Our personality, like, we don't like any of the same stuff. No, we don't. We don't. We, there's no reason we. I'm watching movies. I don't want to watch. We wouldn't be friends if not for me. Yes. wanting to date you. That is the friend zone. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. No, there's nothing wrong with having. Friends of the opposite sex. That's awesome. You should have friends of the opposite sex. But when you want to date someone, well, even of the same sex, you know what? 21st century, baby. Yeah. All right. You should be put in the friend zone. And, and nobody wants to be put in the friend zone with somebody they want to date. Period. All right. And I've been there before. I'm sure people listening have been in the friend zone before. It's really hard to get out of the friend zone once you're there. Every, I've, I pulled it off a couple of times, but it's really tough. To get out of the friend. Once you're in the friend zone, and the reason the, the there's always the same kind of clue that you're in the friend zone is when she or 
he, whatever, starts talking to you about other people that they want to date. They start yeah. talking to you about, oh, oh, I really want to date this person. I've, I, I've been texting them. They won't text you. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. Don't be tell, talking to me about people you want to date because I want to date you. Yeah. What's going on there? That's how you know. Oh, man, red alert, you're in the friend zone. You didn't even know it. You thought you were coming over there to hang out to Netflix and chill, talking about no, 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 no. No, that ain't happening. Yeah. You just going to watch I, Netflix, this, this one, and that's you, it. No you chilling. Send the, you send the text <laughs> message, and you go, you go, hey, girl, what you doing tonight? And she goes, hey, buddy. <laughs> all right, we're in the friend zone. <laughs> you're in the friend zone, all right? And the, the, the agony of it is that you're, so, you're actually closer to that person than the people they want to date. They give you more access than any of those other people, but you just you're still there in purgatory. You're stuck. All right. And the like I said, for Eric Bienemy, he's closer than ever before and he's never been considered. And that's the agony of the friend zone. You're never considered. They want to date all these other people. Hey, looking around for you like, hey, 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 look, look right here. What I'm the guy. Like, I'm, what are you what are you looking around for? I'm you're hanging out with me. I should be the one that's considered. That's Eric Bieniemy. He's he's looking around, he's like he's in the friend zone of coaching. Nobody wants to give him a shot. He's like, hey, I'm right here. You you're looking for the number one offense? Oh yeah, you looking for the guy that's coached the best quarter? And, and me? That's me. And they never look at you. No consideration. You you want a guy that makes money? I just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> I just won the Super. Nobody wants to. Say. And I think I think to him the moment, basically Patrick, where he realized finally that he was in the friend zone. That moment that they start talking to you about people they're dating. Is when both of the coordinators he outcoached in the Super Bowl, both got head coaching jobs, yep. and he went, "Oh, I'm in the friend zone." Hey, they didn't even call me. They uh, they both they <laughs> didn't call me. <laughs> they both I, I outcoached both. Oh, oh, okay. I got told they may consider me for offensive coordinator. <laughs> that is what I got told. <laughs> what? What's going on here? I did the research, Patrick. He's been. On 17 interviews with 16 teams, half the league. Who interviewed him twice? <sighs> uh, oh, no, six, 16 teams. So six, but 17 interviews. So one of them 17 got, So he got one interview. Yeah, did give it, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know who the Some, – Somebody got him. I didn't get that. Somebody did interview him twice. I don't know who that right, was. You know what? Thumbs up to you guys. <laughs> I don't remember who that team was. <laughs> I can go back and do a deep dive on that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so – it's it, for him. I'm glad that he's finally saw it. I I knew he was in a friend zone. You, I, I I told you guys two years ago. I said he's in a friend zone, man. He's got to get the hell out of there. I, I've I've seen enough guys in the friend zone. I see him. I see him walking around downtown sometimes or at dinner. And they're like, oh, that dude's in a friend zone. He doesn't even know it. He doesn't know it. I know it. I can see it on the outside. Look at in. You're in the friend zone. You don't think you are, but you are You're in the friend zone. Uh, and that was Eric Bieniemy. I knew he was in the friend zone. And he's knowing it too. That's why he's got to take a backward step. It's not a sideways step. He's going from being the offensive coordinator with the best offense, with the best quarterback in in the best team in the NFL, to now having to be the play caller for the Washington Commanders. And some people would say, well, you ain't calling plays. I did the research on guys who got jobs without calling plays. Man, that's a long list. Matt Nagy, Doug Peterson. Uh, Zach Taylor, Frank Reich, um, Nick Sirianni, Andy Reid is one of those two. That's actually, that's a, a miseducated and probably the most miseducated BS reason as to why he, he shouldn't get a job because he, he's not calling plays. And even Andy Reid says he does, he does call plays. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, 
I'm glad that he's doing it. If it happens, I, I think it is going to happen. He should do it. It needs to happen. Matt Nagy is the top choice to be the replacement for Eric Bienry with the Kansas City Chiefs to replace him. Yeah. He's been basically since Patrick Mahomes got the starting job, Eric bienry has been the offensive coordinator there. And he was with. Andy Reid before that since 2013, I think as a running backs coach before that, but then became the offensive coordinator. And usually, you know, offensive coordinator of a team that's a really great offense, great quarterback, and a team that wins the Super Bowl, you can write your own ticket. He hasn't been able to write that ticket. And there, and some people say it's, it's – I think every reason has been debunked. Some people say he's not a good interview. I don't know if he's a good interview, but – that means people really don't have evidence that he's not a good interview either. I don't know where that's either coming no, from. No, because we've heard coaches and coordinators that you're like, oh, I can see why. I see why this guy maybe not, is not getting head coaching jobs. Yeah, you hear you hear him at press conferences, or they have zero press conferences. Like they the coaches try and hide him. Head coach will try and hide guys Lou like that. Anarumo is like that. I want to see more of him, but I don't see yeah, him and I've, I think he's definitely been hidden because yeah. I've, I've tried to find interviews it's, and it's I've tough. only found a couple. It's tough, and he sounds fine in them. I agree, but but there's only a couple. So I don't know if they gave him more prep on it and he doesn't like it, whatever that is. But but Eric Bieniemy, like Andy Reid, I think Andy Reid and the staff have worked with him to get him better at it. I think they've tried to put him in more press conferences and everything else in recent years to show him off more because Andy Reid really does want him to go on and succeed. Hmm. And so you've seen them, like he does probably more press conferences than any coordinator in football. In the NFL, yeah. just because they're really trying to be like, I, can believe, I can believe that. Hey, man, look, this is like you can't tell me this guy can't talk because we're preparing him. We're trying to prepare him yeah. to be a head coach because we know how good he is. Yep, and and we know there he did have legal problems when he was a young man. None of them were that bad. I think the worst thing is I think he got a DUI. I think he did when he was young. Yes, he did. So, but all the other stuff, none of it's really that bad. It's nothing where it's there's nothing domestic violence. There's nothing. That's a hate crime. There's nothing like, there's nothing terrible in there. No, he had the basically. Okay, so I wouldn't track these two because I'm, I'm with you. I wanted to say, okay, what's in his past? Because this baggage. is this is the argument you hear from people that go, yeah. well, he was arrested like five times, so he, he can't be a coach. Like, eh. he did. He has license suspended um, in 1991 and had like some repeated infractions there. He was banned from the campus at one point because he got into it with a parking attendant. Yeah. Which, even though, yeah, we've, uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, we've seen the, uh, the, the clash between athletics and parking, and even here on, at Texas. Um, he had a DUI in 2001, as you mentioned, and he was one of the coaches when they had the, the sexual assault scandal there, where the players, not that, yeah. but, you know, so he's one of the coaches there, I should say, at that time. Um, so he was on the staff. Yeah. So some people were like, "Hey, what, what, you know, how much did he know about what was going on there?" And they, so, yeah. I, and I, I, by the way, all those things should be taken seriously. Yeah. We're not saying they should not be a part of the vetting process. Um, but hell, man, I remember when Matt Patricia was being hired. I'm not trying to bring up dirt about anybody because everybody's got their dirt and their skeletons in their closet. But I'm just trying to bring up Matt Patricia got a job, and I remember when he got the job, the Lions mentioned that because it was it was kind of the you know cancel culture at the time and people kept bringing up that he had a sexual assault like allegation against him um he had sexual assault charges uh from the like 1996 that were dismissed ultimately dismissed um in 1997 
Um, you know, and obviously I'm not getting to the details of it. I'm not. And if you want to send those, I'm not getting into details of it. That's not what I'm talking about. My point is the Lions decided we, we vetted them and it's all good. Yeah. So saying just someone has baggage is also not a, a, a reason that we've seen just looking at precedent for a team to totally dismiss a coach. Yeah. As a candidate, because that's pretty serious baggage. But, you know, I mean, everybody's got their baggage. I'm yeah. just saying they still decided, no, 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 we're going to go with Matt Patricia. We vetted it and it's all good. You can vet these particular is- instances with Eric B and me, too, and maybe decide it's all good. You yeah. So, so that, that, I, like, I, I'll state that out there because I know we'll get people to Texas every time about it. You know, he's been arrested five times. I, honestly, I think you should judge everything by a cover. If you're on one side of cancel culture or the other, uh, there's a lot of gray area in judging anything by – well, this is this, so yeah, okay. I think it's silly. So I, I, I get those parts. I think if you look at how this league is and how many things that are overlooked in pro sports and in the NFL because they want to overlook them for wins, I, I don't get why Eric Bieniemy is not getting further along in these searches to where it comes out and they go, hey, we can't hire this guy because of his past. Then to go tell, to put, to try and be, it'd be it'd be nice to know if that's the reason. If that's go, the reason, okay. or you want to, but if you're just going to say, oh no, we think this other guy is going to bring us a better chance to win a championship, and then you fire him in two weeks, like if you thought Nathaniel Hackett was a better choice, that's fair. I, I just, I that doesn't make sense to me because we see what he has been able to do in Kansas City, and for him not to be able to get a shot at some of these clubs. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to succeed. I'm just saying. No, I think you should get a shot. A shot. <laughs> I think I think much more undeserving people have gotten shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at head coach, and that's why it's more frustrating. He deserves a shot to fail miserably. And so, look, this is why. <laughs> but back to the point, why you're excited to see him go to to Washington is because you're like, look, man, there, this is a big process. This is not a hey, man, you walk in and you don't even know if your quarterback's really the guy you have in there. You have Sam Howell. You have uh, Heineke still probably. Yeah, you, I'm not even going to list Carson Wentz. It's the ultimate test for him. But you, you know, you may try and draft somebody. You may try and sign a Derek Carr, or you may try and sign a Jimmy Garoppolo. You may try and sign somebody like that. But you can. Any of those options are not guaranteed playoffs. The, the Derek Carr, they got good receivers uh, in Washington. They almost made and, the playoffs this year. Yeah, so with, I say with Derek multiple Carr, wide receivers, Derek Carr, they quarterbacks. And that D line's going to be one of the best D lines in 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 the NFL. Yeah. And I mean, if we look at what Brian Robinson did last year at running back before he got shot, even after he got shot, no, even he, after, but like, he got what, shot, right? Did he play after he got yeah? shot? No, he came back. Like he was yeah, in practice facility like two days later, dude. Yeah, he no, played but, like but fifty if you, cents. If you see what he did, like you have a lot of pieces already on that team, but if you can go in there and turn it around from where they just did look like they didn't have an identity this year to finding him an identity, finding him mm-hmm. what to do, then at that point. You can't. It, they're not. No one's coming out and saying Ron Rivera did it, right? No, no. <laughs> and, I, and honestly, I, I think Ron Rivera's bringing him in because hey, this is a this is a quid pro quo. You help me, I'm going to help you because oh, yeah. I need somebody to help me bring along this offense. He's a defensive minded guy. No, so. and I think I think uh, Dan Snyder in the running this team, basically trying to sell it, knows. Hey, man, let me go try and make a swing at the fence for this guy, and if he can build it, then my I'm going to make another billion dollars. Yeah, because if we're winning. 
Mm-hmm. You're right. Straight cash. Selling only. a playoff team is a lot easier to sell. No doubt about it. Um, all right. So um, that that news is expected to drop at least uh, later on today or this weekend. If it doesn't happen, um, I think everybody's going to be surprised, maybe even shocked uh, as to what went down. And maybe then we'll get some, clar- some clarity on why he doesn't get these jobs. If something happens now this far into it, we get some type of about face and maybe we'll find find out exactly why teams have stayed away from Airbnb if that's going to be the case. All right, uh, we come back. We'll get into the flex on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement. For the edition of Ball Don't Lie, right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a uh, 512 Friday, which means we play jams from local bands and artists, very talented human beings who you can catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is the Memphis Strange, and they're playing Saturday at Sagebrush. Oh, I like that. Memphis Strange. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I don't know if I've ever. Well, okay. I was going to say something, but I'm not going into there. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I thought I thought about that one. I was like, you know what? Nope, that's not even worth it. It's a no. Friday. I, I'm not even gonna get myself. Don't, in, don't don't get yourself not worth in trouble. Get myself in trouble on a Friday. Nope. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> thank you, Patrick. There you go, Memphis Strange. You can always uh, catch all these selections of Five One Two Friday. Go to hornfm.com in case you missed any of them. Uh, also, it is uh, time for the flex. Flxatx.com. Flxatx on all of your social media platforms. Uh, go check it out. Uh, lots of great content up there for you as well. Um, they do have the replay of the uh, the, the Wednesday night flex uh, is on the uh, the flex website. You can go check that out. Uh, did have uh, Coach Salazar on uh, with him. Uh, Brody Bueno, the uh, uh, defender from Huddle, was on with him, and I heard a, a lot of those uh, those uh, cuts and interviews. Uh, did a really good job. So shout out to my man Zach and. Nolan and Cameron did a really good job uh, with the Flex show. But go to flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms uh, to get in on the know and all of the high school action happening here in Central Texas. Also, they got your uh, high school hoops uh, outlook as well. Uh, you can go check that out for all of your uh, your weekend action coming up. All right. Let's um, get to the NBA All-Star. Speaking of hoops, get to our NBA All-Star Weekend preview coming up here in the uh, top of the four. Also, we'll talk about the XFL. That's why it's a football Friday. XFL is still happening. Uh, So, yes, again, another reincarnation of the XFL. I think this is the third version. I think it's the second actual. No, no, it is the third. It is the third because it was... It was Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon announced The Rock. Yeah, so they took us. Vince had two shots at it. Vince had two, but then COVID hit. Did the COVID season ever actually happen, though? Or was it just I announced think, and I, it got canceled? Mm, I think it is. This is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, enough, I don't remember at all. I think it did happen because there was another it was AAL, like the, Amer- the, the Alliance Amer- of yeah, American and Football. And then there's USFL's back. That was another, so that, yeah, now the USFL is back. I believe it did happen. I'm not sure it finished. 
I believe it started. Okay, so they uh, played like a game. They started because I, I don't know. I don't know if the uh, I, don't, I don't think the AAF actually finished either. No, um, I know the AAF. That was the one because that was and a, right. I think a lot of it was the COVID AAF and all was the guy who had worked with Vince McMahon on the original XFL and had done everything. Uh, I can't remember his name, but from NBC Sports. Um. Yes, uh, I have it in my notes. Actually, you're but, right. It's but been his, so long. Uh, is it Ebersol? Is it Dick Ebersol? Yeah, it's his. It's like it's his, his, son his son started it. Yeah, it's like Nick. Is it Nick and yeah, Dick? But, uh, yeah, but yeah, he started the other XFL, and then it's and then it and it or the AFF. Yeah. He started the other AF, and, and it he, didn't work. He rushed the AAF from, to beat the XFL. Yes, but not only to beat the XFL, there were promises that was that were made about a gambling app. Uh, that would allow you to gamble real time on the action that never came to fruition that also led to a lot of you know um, tension among the investors is what when I researched it too okay because okay. yeah, that was supposed to be one of the cutting edge things that would keep it afloat this this new gambling app on the cutting edge of or at least the new landscape of sports betting in this country which now we are in a new landscape so they're right about that part they just couldn't get the technology. Yeah, trying to, to rush things out, man. And they, yeah, you're trying to beat the XFL, and they probably should have waited till they got the, I don't know, the, the gambling app or whatever the technology, yeah, yeah. and then decided that's the way we're going to separate from the XFL. But either way, it's really hard for any of these leagues to make it. Uh, but the Rock is behind this one, and I mean, how could it, how could it go wrong with the Rock? It's the Rock, man. Uh, so we'll smell what the Rock is cooking when we come back. We'll talk about that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie One Four Nine Horn.